And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15, the Marte Partes get put on hold in Miami, but the Braves get good news about Ronald Acuna. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-crews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Tuesday, April 20th. Derek Van Riper here with Nando DeFino. Al Melk, you're out this week, and I'm just happy I don't have to do this show alone again. <laughs> Monday, I went solo first thing in the morning, and I put the gif up of Milhouse playing with the Frisbee by himself, Nando, and that's exactly how I felt. Well, I'm honored to be a rung above alone. So thank you for having me. <laughs> a lot of players that you like on this rundown, though. So I really appreciate you stepping in. Uh, we're going to start with some news on Starling Marte. We learned on Monday he has a non-displaced fracture in one of his ribs. So an IL move almost certainly coming on Tuesday, which leads to the question, is it Lewis Brinson time? Does Brinson come back from the alternate site? And if so, how do they divide up playing time with Brinson, maybe John Birdie, and Magnaris Sierra? I don't think they like, you know, as a, as a Brinson file... I don't think they like him very much. I just get the feeling that, uh, you know, that, that generally the organization, I don't know, maybe with a new regime, maybe they do, and they just wanted to get him some seasoning down at the alternate site or something. But um, you're asking a very biased audience of one that I think Lewis, I still think Lewis Brinson's amazing. I mean, all of his minor league numbers say that he's got great plate patience. Um, he's got power, obviously. There's some speed in there. Even though Craig Mish tells me on the side all the time, the speed's not, it's not, he's not a good base stealer. But I mean, you can't deny the power. I don't think you can deny the OBP. I mean, I know you can deny all of this by looking at his major league stats, but <laughs> when he finally got a run last year, if you just like isolate, I think, man, like the second half of his season, a little ahead of the second half of his season, he actually was pretty good. Um, you know, it did what he was supposed to do, hit for power, was patient, you know, had, had a decent average. So um, I don't know why they forgot about that. I think it was just too tempting to get Adam Duvall. But uh, yeah, long story short, I don't think it's going to happen. I think if, if it does, you can rely on him a lot more than people might think. Um, and we could finally have the arrival of Lewis Brinson. But I, my guess is going to be it's going to be Sierra and Birdie. And for whatever reason, just kind of shun Lewis Brinson. Yeah, so it could be a part-time role. It could be mostly opportunities against lefties or something if he gets the call. So just temper your expectations for playing time. And it's hard because I, I see the tools. This is a guy who was a prominent prospect for the Rangers, for the Brewers, and you know, even for the Marlins, getting him as one of the key pieces in that Yelich deal. You think they have that sort of vested interest to give him at least one more shot to see if he can put it all together. But time in Miami could be running out for him if this 
little window doesn't turn into something bigger. Big loss for fantasy managers too, of course, not having Marte for the speed that he can bring if that ends up being a lengthy absence. Uh, some good news though, Ronald Acuna had an MRI on Monday and that revealed only a mild abdominal strain. He really hasn't been ruled out for Tuesday's interleague matchup against the Yankees, so keep an eye on the lineups when those come out on Tuesday afternoon. Good news for the Astros as well. It appears that Alex Bregman, Jordan Alvarez, and Martin Maldonado could be ready to go on Tuesday. They all traveled with the team for their interleague series against the Rockies. Uh, Jose Altuve not ready to return at this time, though, so be sure to keep him reserved if you already had him on your bench. Uh, Cody Bellinger has started to uh, lightly jog and take some swings, but no timetable yet for his return as he tries to make his way back from a fracture in his leg. Anthony Rendon has resumed baseball activities, so we're keeping an eye on him as he tries to get back from the IL. And the other big IL update that came through on Monday, I saw this from Alec Lewis, who covers the Royals uh, for the Athletic. Adalberto Mondesi still has not resumed swinging a bat as he recovers from an oblique strain. And Nando, for me, I actually feel better about him when he comes back, given that the Royals seem to be taking it very carefully with his return early on this season. Well, the great uh, Virginia Zakis of Inside Injuries would tell you, you know, obviously the longer you wait, the better for the health of the player because if he comes back a little too early, it's just going to aggravate something. You know, maybe it won't, maybe not the oblique, but the compensation could aggravate, you know, lead to shoulder or like knee or hip somehow. You know, like it's, uh, it is the smart thing to do with this injury history. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, Ryan Weathers is going to stay in the San Diego rotation, according to Dennis Lynn. Next turn for Weathers comes against the Dodgers on Thursday, so it's a tough matchup. Weathers actually started that Friday game against the Dodgers last weekend, pitched really well, but had to leave the game in the fourth inning because he'd been working out of the bullpen and isn't fully stretched out. Uh, Denelson Lamette's coming back this week, so this temporarily gives the Padres a six-man rotation. You know, What's your interest level here in Ryan Weathers? Uh, slim to none, man. He, he kind of, so he kind of reminded me like right off the bat, like a little bit, and this is gonna be weird, but like Drew Smiley and um, Joey Lucchese both had like barely any minor league stats to go off, but like when you know when they made their debuts and kind of stuck around, um, but, but like both of them had these amazing minor league numbers, and Weathers to me doesn't like you know his ERA is above three, uh, both of the the many seasons that he's played. Well, I mean one one you can't even call the first one a season, but um, yeah, it's it's not. I don't know, man. Like I, maybe he got up there and they found something, they tinkered with it, and they figured something out for him to be like, you know, good um, at the major league level. But I, I just th- he doesn't have enough stats for me to to kind of like embrace him, and he definitely doesn't have enough like amazing minor league stats for me to be all over him. So I'm looking elsewhere, I guess. I'm interested if they decide to make it more permanent. It just seems like this is a one more time sort of thing. They want to see if. Nelson Lamette makes it through his first start healthy, maybe his first two turns healthy, because if they keep stretching Weathers out and Lamette gets hurt, then they have that replacement on the roster. They don't have to go to Mackenzie Gore right away. Uh, but if this is just a temporary thing, one turn against the Dodgers, I can't pick him up in a mixed league for that spot. It's mostly fastball slider right now for Weathers, too. Really needs a third pitch, I think, if he's going to be a good big league starter in the long run. Very good as a reliever, though, if they keep him in that role. It's just hard to get saves when Mark Melanson is pitching as well as he is. Uh, some other schedule-related news. Twins are back in action on Tuesday. They're going to have a double header with the A's. Matt Shoemaker will pitch in Game 1. Jose Barrios goes in Game 2. The A's will have Steven Piscotti ready for those games. He is back from the paternity list. Uh, we are going to have Kyle Lewis back on Tuesday, Nando. It's going to be his season debut against the Dodgers, so 
Uh, what are your expectations for Lewis now that he's back? Do you think he can build on some of the success that he had in the shortened season? Yeah, you know, I wasn't a Lewis guy, and then last year I was fully. I thought I thought it was just a you know a mirage of the late season 2019 uh, against lesser competition kind of stuff. But I like him. I've kind of you know grown to love him like everyone else. So I think he's just going to come out and bang out a bunch of homers and be the Kyle Lewis that we saw last year. Yeah, I'm pretty optimistic about him. I know there's a decent amount of swing and miss in his profile, but we're talking about a guy that missed a lot of development time with injuries, the minors, the power is legit. It's packed up by the stat cast numbers. And the other thing I like about Lewis and a few other Seattle hitters is the quality of the lineup around him over the course of the season is going to get better. Jared Kelnick is not far away. Julio Rodriguez maybe comes up in the second half. I know a lot of people are a little more skeptical about him for 2021 than I am. But if they bring both of those guys up, especially Seattle goes from a, a well below average lineup to maybe something closer to a league average lineup. And that's certainly good for the counting stats for everybody, including Kyle Lewis. Ty France got pulled last night, man. Don't don't skip over Ty France, DVR. Show him a little respect. No, nah, he was among the early exits. So he got hit by a pitch, left with a bruised yeah. forearm. So he's in the, the day-to-day boat right now. We saw Luis Urias leave. He homered in his return to San Diego, but he suffered a calf cramp and actually left that game. So Daniel Robertson took over for him. That's your guy. Urias is like a... That's Oh, yeah. Love Urias. Uh, Mookie Betts got hit by a pitch. At the very end of the game, there was only one more hitter. Corey Seager ended the game uh, in the next sequence. So we don't really know if Betts is hurt and in danger of missing some time, but definitely keep an eye on the Dodgers lineup on Tuesday afternoon just to make sure he's in it if you're in a league with daily moves because he appeared to be in quite a bit of pain when he got hit by a pitch uh, on Monday night. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's get to some impressive performances from Monday. I know as the GM of uh, an OOTP team last season, you were very active making trades for some of your guys. And one of your guys was Adelise Garcia who went two for four with a homer, his second of the season. He should have three. He got one turned back on a replay. He should have three. That's how much I know about this guy. Yeah, so he's very much on your radar, and I imagine you're looking at the situation where the Rangers have Leody Tavares really struggling right now. It looks like he's going to be getting sent down to AAA at some point or the alternate site if it happens before the AAA season begins. Do you think Garcia has a chance to secure regular playing time because I'm getting some Danny Santana vibes just in terms of the tools being there and maybe there are some flaws in Garcia as a real life player but some of the things he does really well are the things we care about as fantasy players this is the year of the 28 year old rookie DVR why is he still rookie yeah he didn't yeah he didn't yeah uh you know what he just he hits the ball hard he he was like he's a very he's seasoned from playing in Cuba um he actually spent a little time in Japan like a very little time in Japan um, but yeah, man, he was toiling in the minors, just hitting home runs, and no one seemed to want to call him up. Um, the batting average is okay. It's not going to be great. I mean, if he hits 260, that's amazing. But there's room for him. I mean, poor Ronald Guzman went down um, right when he, the first time in the outfield, right when he was kind of cracking you know, this little resurgence. Um, and that opened the door wide open for Garcia. And, you know, Tavares not playing well has kind of helped push that a little farther along. But I think 
even if they want to bring Tavares back, there's a way they can work him into that rotation very easily. So I 1,000% think there's staying potential here, and I'm all in. Already all in. I'm all inner. <laughs> I'm, we're talking like 15-team leagues now, and not, not quite 12 yet, but 15 teams, 100%, he's, he's going to hit home runs for you. What's not to like? Yeah, 15 teams seem like the cutoff if the playing time holds up for sure. And I think the speed we saw in the minors, he was 14 for 24 as a base dealer at AAA for the Cardinals in 2019. That doesn't necessarily mean he'll get a lot of green lights, but the Rangers are a team. They need to generate offense. They can certainly afford to give him some chances to run at least a little bit if they're going to let him play on a regular basis. Um, The other guy that stood out on Monday to me was Justin Williams. He homered for the second time in the last four days. A former prospect in the Rays system, getting an opportunity because of injuries in St. Louis. Tyler O'Neill could be back as soon as Friday. Harrison Bader making some progress toward a return from the IL. But if Williams hits enough, I think they've got enough questions where he could actually carve out some playing time even after both of those guys come back. Yeah, that'd be nice to see. I mean, he he spent a lot. You'd like to see those guys who spent a lot of time in the minors and actually did stuff. You know, he's, he's not quite a Nando guy. He doesn't have that power. He didn't flash that power that I love. Like, he, he never had that. I think he only had one season with more than 21 doubles. Um, you know, obviously, I go for the home runs, but, you know, the doubles are a nice little secondary way to see if it's developing as you're 23, 24, 25, whatever. But I, I'm on board just for the story. A two-homer game for Paul DeYoung as part of Joe Ross's struggles in that game on the other side. Uh, Pitching performances last night, Danny Duffy looked really good against the Rays. He went six and struck out eight. Josh Fleming had five and a third scoreless going the other way for the Rays. Joe Musgrove struck out 13 over seven innings. Brandon Woodruff pitched well in that matchup. Great pitcher's duel in San Diego. Uh, But Kohei Arihara was probably the most surprising Good pitching performance for me. Five and two-thirds scoreless, six Ks, picked up the win against the Angels, and started to miss more bats in its last two starts. So a little bit to be excited about there. And a really deep arsenal, too. Take a look at Kohei Arihara's stat cast page. Look at the, the depth on that arsenal. A couple streamers to consider for Tuesday. Nando, I think Matt Shoemaker at Oakland, who's available about 40% of CBS League, stands out as the best option. And then Michael Fulmer, home against the Pirates, available in 64% of leagues, also looks like a viable option where available. Velo's back, so I'm in on Fulmer. I think some of the other streaming options today are pretty risky, so I'm not going after you know, Logan Webb in Philly. I don't like that. Nick Neidert against the Orioles. And I want to see how that plays out. Uh, every Tuesday, we have our gambling spotlight, so I want to throw this one into your corner real oh, quick. Thanks for the heads up. It seemed like a typo to me, but apparently the Red Sox opened at plus 2,500 to win the AL East at BetMGM. That line has since moved to plus 450. They're 11 and 6 entering play on Tuesday. The Yankees are 5 and 10. Of course, everyone's panicking about that. Are you interested at all in the Red Sox at plus 450 to win the division at this point? Yeah, well, TVR, if you read anything that I've ever written. Uh, no, this is one of those news, one of those real time news pieces that I contributed to when they asked for a long shot bet. Uh, Red Sox, one of my teams, because they're pitching depth. And it's not like the same pitching depth that you remember last year that was just, you know, lower than replacement guy coming up after lower than replacement guy. They took some risks. They got some interesting guys. And they have Steven Gonsalves at the alternate site who we've talked about a bit on Under the Radar. Um, yeah, I, I mean, 450, they're more attractive to me at plus 2,000. The weird thing here at DVR is that the Yankees went backwards. Like, the Yankees... As bad as they are, their odds actually got like they're minus two hundred instead of minus one fifty now, which doesn't make any sense to me. But hey, whatever. People are betting on the Yankees for some reason. They're still projected to win the most games in the American League, so 
I get it. I don't know if I'd be putting that bet down with the line moving in that direction, though. That's a pretty odd time to make uh, that decision. I do think the Red Sox were better than people give them credit for. Uh, I would not be betting on them at plus 450, even though I think their offense can outscore some of their flaws on the pitching side over the course of the season. Wait till Gonsalves gets their DVR. That is going to do it for today's episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you have a moment to leave us a nice rating and review, we'd really appreciate that. For Nando DeFino, I'm Derek Van Riper. We are back with you on Wednesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.